it's your Kali. What's up? The following program was brought to you by Yolo Kali. Keeping it weird since 1997. Oh. Who's that? Who are you? You're not allowed to be in here. Hey, yo, somebody get their grandma. Huh? Ah! Ah! Nah, you gotta do it like this. What's Up is back with another two hours of fully youth-produced content, tapping into the matters and concerns of youth in Chicago. As well as all the crazy, wacky, tea-sipping, gossip-spilling, weird shenanigans that we, youth, get up to. Listen to your own risk, because your mind might explode. The chances are low, but never zero. So strap in, and let's get into the show! You are listening to What's Up on WLPN Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting from the comfort of our homes. My name is Brian. My name is Cynthia. And today we'll be giving you our yearly recap of Rita Fest 2022. And if you do not know what Rita Fest is, well, Rita Fest is a three-day Latin American music festival in Chicago that takes place at Union Park. But uh, it's been happening every year, obviously. 2020 during the pandemic, it did not happen, but it mostly happens every year. And this year, we had a chance to go into the press tent and interview a lot of, actually a lot this year, a lot of awesome artists that were part of this festival. And um, I have understand that this is your first time doing this, Cynthia? Yeah, this is actually my first Grillo Fest, both. I guess by myself and in press. I had never been to a Rilo Fest before. I've always wanted to, but you know, life and college and stuff. So I never could. But finally, not only was this my first Rilo Fest ever, but I also got to go as press, which was really cool. Um, and you know, over the course of three days, I was, I had the opportunity to be there all three days. And this year, Friday, um, doors open at 2.45. And Rilo Fest is composed of three stages, what we know as Rilo Stage, Noise Stage, and Fiesta Stage. Um, and the first person to play on Friday was a DJ by the name of La Colocha. So she played and opened Fiesta Stage. She actually had a start time of 3.15. So, you know, I was there and ready, you know, to get some cumbias going, to dance, to listen to her because I had never seen her live. But she actually didn't get to play until 3.15, which was kind of a bummer. But, um, you know, things happen. And unfortunately, her t- turntables were not prepared. So she had to wait. She had to send her people for her turntables. And, you know, finally her equipment arrived. And even with the late start, her set was amazing. Everyone was dancing. Um, you know, it was a mix I had never heard before. Obviously, everyone has different way of doing their music but they were handing out flyers for an after party and if I wasn't so tired you probably could have caught me there if I'm being honest uh, and then obviously later in the day you know I got to ask Los Aptos a question which is a new up-and-coming group of the new genre I don't know if you've heard of this genre before Brian Cierreño Indie 
which it, it's new to me, so I don't know if you've heard it before. No, I, I never, never have actually. Frequently, we were we were uploading covers like over and over again, and like the momentum was there. Entonces, when the quarantine hit, was we kind of took a little break, and was the engagement and all the following kind of went down a little bit. So I think maybe we would be maybe a little bit farther, not too far, but you know everything happens for a reason. So I mean, we're thankful that we had the time to. Uh, form our group and, and write music and that. Um, are all of you from Indiana? Uh, us three. Yeah, yeah, us three are from Indiana. They're from Chicago. Yeah, West Chicago. Yeah. Um, Indiana is kind of more of a conservative. I know. Oh, conservative. Okay. Um, how is it embracing in your culture coming from a state like that? Um, I've never, like, uh, experience that's a good question yeah I never experienced it really firsthand like the conservative conservativeness of the of the state um, but I never really ha uh, like I'm scared or, or uh, yeah. hesitant right? there's, there's a lot of Hispanics over there too yeah like, it feels normal I guess I don't know I don't think it's any different here. yeah I don't think it's it's too different maybe just because it sounds like it but I've never been too scared uh, to do that and I don't think I ever would be like I, I don't care you know but we're proud to be able to they will be good. So, los recibieron con manos abiertas, Because they know, like, obviously, there's, like, little spots in Canada, or, like, you know, Latinos, obviously, versus the whole state is different. But, la comunidad, like... Yeah, well, we have a pretty good, like, a pretty, like, kind of decent size. Yeah, like, like, a lot, we had, as soon as we started, we had, like, a bunch of friends just sharing it. Even if they weren't Hispanic or, like, Latino or something, they would just, like, share it either way, you know, Instagram, the story. Yeah, they're all pretty supportive. I think there's yeah. actually, I know a lot of people who are American and, and they listen to like Spanish yeah. music yeah, and stuff. Like, like, so that's really stuff. cool. Um, but but yeah, thankfully it's been all good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know when this started, but it's new. They're getting up there. They're doing their job and people seem to like it. And then also on Friday, I got to stay. You know, I watched at a Maverick who, like I've explained before to you, Brian, you know, he has a mix that's a mix para llorar en tu cuarto, so very sad music. But, you know, it gets you in certain moods. And I also got to meet a lot of different people. But I don't know if you've had the same experience doing press prayers, but I don't think I had met so many people from different places press-wise that all traveled to Chicago just to cover Rilo Fest. Well, I I have met over people outside press actually. Just people uh, from the public in general. Uh, I remember the first Rito face. I met this guy who came all the way from Florida, used to see Café de Cuba in the first one. But in the press, I nah, I didn't really get to talk to a lot of people. I think it was more so. I was by myself Friday. Um, you know, I tried my best, sad face, Brian couldn't join us, but I think that's also why I talked to more people. I, 
like I've mentioned, not only was it my first Rula Fest, but obviously I'm there as pressed by myself. Um, so I met people from Georgia, from DC, from Cali, from Texas. It's awesome. People from, yeah, like I honestly, I never imagined press coming from that far. Um, and this year, actually, I don't, I don't know if you noticed, Ryan, but it seems like there's a trend-ish that goes on with Ruido. Uh, you know, Silverio, obviously, I think you know Silverio. Yeah, we we all know Silverio. It's, <laughs> we we always we all we, all everyone in Yolo we always say that he's basically the mascot of Rita Fest because he goes every year. Like he he hasn't missed at all. See, I didn't know that, and I had actually never listened to any of his things. Um, but just like you said, he was there this year. Obviously, he closed Fiesta Stage on Saturday. And then he still closed Rudo stage on Sunday. Yeah, it's 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 sad to hear that Maldita couldn't make it this year. Uh, this is why Silverio got to close um, on some Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah, but Silverio is always down to do this kind of stuff. It's not the first time he does it, and you know, it's like you said. I don't I don't listen to Silverio a lot here. But his shows are always full of energy and they're always funny, like really funny. You cannot miss it. Uh, my favorite part about his shows is that people mosh to his music, which is crazy. Yeah, you had told me that. I actually stayed behind. I actually stayed behind to watch Silverio just because Brian told me that people mosh to his music and I kind of was in disbelief and it was one of those I need to see it to believe it and sure enough people <laughs> there is a mosh pit and I was like this is wild but it was a good set it's good music you know I I don't know maybe it's something I could cling to <laughs> who knows um but you know that was basically the way that Friday was set up and after La Colocha set like I mentioned even though she had a late start You know, she was still nice enough to stay behind and answer a couple of questions and talk to me a little bit more about, you know, her start, where she gets her name, La Colocha. So how about we listen to what we talked about? Oh, Ciclali La Colocha. Okay. ¿De vino ese nombre, La Colocha? Ah, bueno, de hecho... Um... Viví un tiempo en Florida y traba, uh, trabajando en un proyecto solidario con trabajadores agrícolas que piscaban el tomate y entre, esa, entre la comunidad de trabajadores me pusieron como apodo el nombre La Colocha. Uh, es una palabra que se usa mucho en el sur de México y en Centroamérica que se refiere al pelo chino o el pelo ondulado. So, con mucho cariño me decían mucho La Colocha y con ellos también disfrutaba mucha música, entonces cuando era tiempo de ponerme un nombre de DJ, uh, adopté ese nombre que me lo dieron con mucho cariño los compañeros a uh, uh, pescadores de Florida. Uh, so, he visto que Ah, pues sí, por el tiempo ahorita estoy basada en Chicago, uh, pero originalmente soy de Nueva York. Uh, I'm originally from Queens, New York, actually, and so I have to say, of course, Queens is uh, one of my favorite places. And I would say um, I love Chicago. Something that I love the most about Chicago is that it had a lot of um, 
it reminded me a lot of the neighborhoods I grew up in in New York and in Queens because I think there is a very strong sense of neighborhood identity and neighborhood cultures here in Chicago and that's something that I think uh, makes Chicago a very uh, unique city. I feel like people from Chicago are very proud of their local culture, they're very proud of their neighborhood culture, of their traditions and um, that's something I really love and admire about the city and hope to be a, a part of that also a part of that culture here in Chicago um, and I would say other than that I also love where my mom is from which is Mexico City um, our family's from Iztapalapa and so uh, I feel also a lot of familiarity even though I didn't grow up there uh, a lot of the music that I play uh, is cumbia and in Iztapalapa se toca la cumbia y de Iztapalapa son los ángeles azules y como muy bien dicen Iztapalapa para el mundo and so I do feel a strong connection to that via the heritage of my mom and that culture of cumbia and especially cumbia sonidera and that sound system culture that comes from Mexico City. Um, yo diría como de cierta forma unos uh, las dos memorias muy distintas para mí de la cumbia vienen siendo um, en la primera vez que yo fui a la Ciudad de México uh, con mi tía a conocer mi familia en México. Uh, yo estuve en uh, probablemente el verano antes de quinto grado y transitamos la ciudad mucho en los trenes. Entonces andábamos en el metro de un lado para la ciudad, de un lado de la ciudad para la otra y en los metros se subían chicos a vender CDs um, y esos CDs eran uh, como compilaciones de sonideros de la Ciudad de México, como sus selecciones, como que están uh, tocando ahorita en los bailes sonideros, salían en esos CDs y esas como unas de mis, uh, mis recuerdos más tempranos de escuchar uh, la cumbia en, también en, en espacios públicos porque creo que uh, mucho de mi, muchas de mis experiencias con la música es medio del ambiente público, como eh, donde yo crecí en Queens, Elmhurst, es una zona muy uh, diversa y no solamente diversa en términos de personas de diferentes partes del mundo, pero personas de distintas partes de Latinoamérica. So, escuchabas salsa, escuchabas bachata, escuchabas cumbia, escuchabas rancheras, como en cada área de a cada condado, dependiendo de quién vivía ahí, escuchabas la música de esa cultura. Entonces siento que um, otra vez es como ese sentimiento de la música uh, sonidera o la idea de la uh, música sonando en espacios públicos uh, realmente informa mi gusto de la música y um, lo que se me hace importante es seguir como transmitiendo pero otra influencia muy importante fue mi papá, pues mi mamá era de, mi mamá es de la Ciudad de México y mi papá era afroamericano e indígena de aquí de los Estados Unidos y él también era un DJ, entonces yo también crecí escuchando mucha diferente música que él tocaba de hecho en acetato y él uh, tenía una colección muy extensa de discos de vinilo, so, yo acostumbraba a escuchar una música en la calle y luego otra música que tocaba mi papá en la casa. Y como él no era mexicano, él no tocaba necesariamente cumbias los sábados. Él tocaba oldies, soul, él tocaba hip hop, a él le gustaba mucho. Uh, él tenía un gusto de música muy diverso también. Como podíamos estar escuchando Marvin Gaye, podíamos estar escuchando Mercedes Sosa también. Uh, entonces, aunque él no tenía raíces latinas, él tenía un gusto de la música uh, muy amplio. So that was La Colocha and after her set it was about dinner time 
I was starving. It was a late start to the day and I needed some food in my system before I passed out because it was so hot. This year was so humid all three days, even with the rain. Uh, so I went ahead and I took a walk through the line of food stands, which that setup was also news to me. And honestly, I swear you guys cannot believe this, but the same way that guys, the same way that gas prices are going up, everything was also majorly priced this year. Oh yeah, a don't cold, get me started on that. I honestly, I don't even know if I have festival money anymore at this point. A michelada was coming in at a nice, a real nice $20 to $25. Yeah, Just that, a michelada. Yeah, I bought one myself on Sunday and I honestly gotta admit that my wallet was crying used for one michelada because I never thought I would have to pay so much for that. So imagine that's just a drink, Brian. A basic funnel cake was coming in at a nice ten to thirteen dollars. Oh my! But you know, I had to do what I had to do. Had to stay hydrated, eat some food. You know, gotta get that bag, gotta get those interviews, and keep working. So, you know, like you said, my wallet was crying, but look, at least I'm here today recapping, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what matters. Yeah. So after that, I stayed. And one of the artists I was actually excited for this year was Ed Maverick, which is a famous indie alternative artist from Mexico who recently in the past year or two really caught my eye. So I was really excited to really see him live. And let me tell you, he did not disappoint. So next up, we'll listen to one of his songs. That was Ed Maverick uh, for you guys. Next up, it's my turn actually. Uh, for Saturday, I actually was able to make it. And yay, Brian finally caught up with us. <laughs> yeah, and well, this is my third time I do this. So it's nothing new for me, but honestly, it was it was nice that Cynthia was able to do this because it's actually pretty fun. And like I mentioned before, this year, I feel like we got a lot more content that I've gotten in personally in previous years that I've done. And one of the artists that really caught my attention this year was Mangers. Mangers is a band from Mexico City, which is from where I am. And I really wanted to interview them. Luckily, they went to the press then, and I had the really awesome chance to get to talk to them. and. Um, uh, it's it's funny because we we kind of bonded together in between the interview and I asked them a few questions uh, and a few comments for you guys and to give you some context. Uh, I mentioned a show that I used to watch when I was in Mexico City. It's called Otro Otro Rollo. If you live in Mexico, you know what I mean. But Otro Rollo was conducted by Adal Ramones and I really don't know 
what type of show it is. It's just like you would just talk and just like show stuff. But like in between the show, there will be um, live music. And one of the most famous things about the show was that every episode he will start screaming Rudy, which is the drum player. And Rudy will throw an awesome um, drum solo every episode. And I, I told the managers that Rudy himself uh, taught me how to play drums when I started it. So it was pretty nice to, <laughs> I guess, show, off, show, show it off to them. But yeah, That's just as a context. Your little flex with Menders. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. It didn't click that day in my mind, but I grew up watching Alat Ramones when I would go to Mexico. We would go to sleep at night. We would go to sleep, según, with my sisters. <laughs> and we'd go turn on the TV and watch Alat Ramones. And it might have been that, actually. But I was so young and yeah. it didn't click until now. But I also feel like I'll ask people if they know, you know, el show, like, que salía en la noche con Adal, Adal Ramones, and mm -hmm. everyone's like, no, who is that? <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, brain fart. That just clicked. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's so cool, actually. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if he, Adal Ramones himself, has been like popping up recently, so I don't think a lot of people will know compared to other. Uh, Latin American celebrities uh, but yeah uh, let's listen to our awesome interview with Mangers alguien que viene que nació en el Distrito Federal también es un gusto ver una banda que vienen hasta allá y este sé que mencionaron que la banda empezó cuando tuviste cuando tuvieron un, un set de, de baterías a los 15 años ¿cómo fue eso? ¿fue como amor a primera vista o cómo te sentiste? Eh, de morrito mi canal y yo aprendimos a tocar, a tocar guitarra y este y la verdad es que como que yo soy muy inquieto <ríe> soy muy hiperactivo entonces sí estaba un poco más de agresividad para mi vida y fue cuando encontré la batería como un consuelo chido ¿Usted, cómo lo vieron a él cuando lo vieron con su batería por primera vez bien emocionado Ah, sí, estuvo chistoso porque él agarraba cosas y les empezaba a pegar y decía, es que yo quiero una batería, yo quiero una batería. Y hacía sus baterías de bancos. Entonces agarraba como bancos en la casa y sillas y entonces le empezaba a pegar. Y hasta hicimos un bombo con un tambito de, de, de pintura y ajá, de ropa. Y, y ya yo desde el otro lado con una guitarra. Pero yo tampoco tenía, o sea, no teníamos dinero para una guitarra eh, eléctrica, entonces... Lo que yo hacía era como que la raspaba desde abajo porque decía, sentía que ya así sonaban las eléctricas, ¿no? No sé por qué, pero entonces como que tocábamos así y era nuestro... Como que sentíamos que teníamos una banda. No, yo eh, apenas los conozco recientemente, entonces estas historias también son nuevas para mí. No, está bien. Sí, como pudieron. No, pues estuvo chido, este, me alegra. Yo también empecé tocando la guitarra como ustedes y también... Por fin me compré una batería y te entiendo, yo también soy muy ansioso y la verdad es, es como un alivio tener esto. Y bueno, sé que acaban de empezar su tour aquí uh, de Estados Unidos. ¿Cómo se sienten? ¿Cómo ven la diferencia entre la ciudad del DF aquí y, y aquí en Chicago o en Estados Unidos en general? Pues para, para empezar esto es un poco complicado por... Igual pareciera que el clima no es distinto, pero sí se siente otra presión atmosférica, sí sientes como otra carga. También como que 
se siente raro estar lejos de casa y saber que hoy no te vas a llegar a bañar y dormirte en tu cama, ¿no? Es como vas a llegar a bañarte y, y crashear así, pero está muy, está muy padre, la verdad es que nos la hemos pasado bastante bien. Sí, sobre todo que como que es, son lugares que no conocemos y no conocemos a la gente y es eh, un poco como que en, en la escena en donde estamos en la Ciudad de México, pues hay gente conocida y como que ya sabes que va a llegar tal persona y aquí es como, pues no sabes quién va a llegar, entonces también eso, es, digo, no lo digo como triste, sino como que es algo emocionante. Ajá. No, pues claro, siempre es emocionante ir como a un lugar completamente desconocido y pues eh, sin cero expectativas y saber a ver qué pasa con, con lo que quieres decir. Lo que nos trae el mundo, a ver qué pasa, ¿verdad? <risa> Ay, vi que previamente tocaron para la estación de radio KEXP, la cual ha sido una estación en la que varios nombres grandes vi que han tocado. ¿Cómo se sintió cuando les dijeron que tenía la oportunidad de tocar ahí? Pues estuvo, estuvo chido, la verdad es que nosotros que hicimos eh, eh, viendo videos de KEXP y decíamos nomás, qué, qué sueño, ¿no? Y ya cuando llegamos ahí fue como de, ah, nomás, <risa> ahora qué pasa, ¿no? ¿Qué sigue? Porque pues muchas veces es como de, ya llegas aquí y dices, ah, sí, ya. No, y la neta es como de, no, o sea, mil veces, mil veces más, hay que picarle más piedra. Y la verdad es que eso nos, eso nos lo enseñó Hugo, la verdad, Hugo es nuestro productor. Y nos metió esta idea de, nunca se conformen, siempre, ajá. Entonces, fue emocionante, pero a la vez fue como de, ah, tenemos que avanzar un millón de pasos todavía, no... Cálmense, pero vamos a hacerlo lo mejor que se puede. Pero sí fue una gran, gran experiencia. Ah, sí, igual, como que eh, muchas bandas que conocemos, incluso como que tienen el objetivo en la vida de yo tengo que tocar en KXP. Y cuando nosotros nos pasó, también éramos como de, ese, de esa banda, ¿no? Así como nos gustaría llegar a KXP y después ya es como un, sería un logro. Y ya que pasó, dijimos, bueno, hay que seguir. Y es como que, como que sentimos que hay algo más. Eh, de, no, no es como hacer menos a todo lo que nos ha pasado pero es como que cada vez que nos pasa algo como que queremos hacer más pues, pues miren dónde llegaron me tienen que qué chido no you're listening to what's up on WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio broadcasting from the comfort of our homes I'm Cynthia and this is Brian and We are doing our annual Burrito Fest recap, obviously this year's 2022. So we've gone through Friday, um, a little bit of Saturday, and we're about to keep going. So stay tuned. That was majors for you guys. As you guys saw, we we bonded a lot. I feel like we're a family now. <laughs> and you guys practically neighbors could not relate I'm oh yeah from, i'm from the state over sorry shout out morelos though yeah <laughs> yeah we're, we're practically neighbors now that that's crazy to hear i was really surprised and uh besides um realizing there were neighbors um there were really awesome people to talk to uh they were pretty chill uh you could tell that they're not used to this type of stuff They were kind of shy and they're also starting on their tour. This is um Radio Fest was the first destination. And 
uh, yeah, they look pretty shy, but they were they were down for the interview. And all I hope, all I want to say is that I hope that the rest of their tour goes well, because besides being cool people, their music is pretty nice, and they deserve it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, their music definitely surprised me. They were playing, and we were in the press tent, and I kind of was like, "Who's playing? Like that sounds so like that's music I would listen to," you know. But I do know they hit up New York right after Chicago. So hopefully it went great and it's going great, you know, and they just keep going up from here. Yeah, definitely. And um, the next artist that we I got to kind of talk to a little bit during the, the press talk was Elise Paprika. Uh, Elise Paprika is it's a big rock figure and also it's big in the Mexican girl power movement. And uh, we got a chance. I got the chance to ask her a question, and she was pretty. She was pretty cool. I really like her. Her energy, for the other questions that all the other people asked, she was pretty open to it. She talked a lot, and I love the fact that when she got into the press, then she just got comfortable. <laughs> yeah, just sat down on the couch. You know, you mentioned how she's a really nice person and. I think it's hard with artists and we interacted with so many artists that you, as you've mentioned, mm-hmm. but she was just sold down to earth, you know, like it wasn't, I don't know, not like interviewing an artist. Obviously she's an artist, but more like a, just having a conversation with a friend or someone you met at a coffee shop, you know? Yeah. That, that was a cool thing about her. I didn't know much about her, but it, I, I do. I was listening to a few of her songs and I did recognize a few. One of the things that surprised me the most during the, during the press talk is that she mentioned that she has a panaderia in uh, Mexico City. Like, a panaderia, it's a... Uh, how would you say it? It's a bakery? Like, like, yeah, like a bakery. And like, like she owns the bakery? Yeah, she owns the bakery. And I, w- I would really like to try uh, one of her... Some of her bolillos from there like next time I go to Mexico because I love bolillos. Yeah. I was about to say, sounds like we gotta take a trip down to Leve. Yeah, you, you, I don't, I haven't been able to try some bolillos like the ones in Mexico City right here in Chicago. Although Charlie one time told he told me actually that they that there's a place where they sell nice bolillos, so maybe I'll try it one day. Field trip time, yeah. But uh, okay, uh, let's listen to what Elise Paprika had to say for my question. Hola, ¿qué tal? Uh, Hola, Me llamo Brian. Y este, Hola, quisiera saber un poco de, de la nueva generación del rock que está pasando ahorita. Y quiero tu opinión de, desde que empezaste tu carrera, ¿cómo has visto evolucionar la era del rock? ¿Y ¿Cómo qué ¿Cuál es tu opinión sobre la nueva generación? Muy cabrón, la verdad me inspira muchísimo. Me hubiera encantado que cuando yo empezaba el ISPO... Cuando yo empezaba el ISPO Pica, eh, sí habíamos de verdad muy pocas morras, o por lo menos muy pocas morras, trabajando todo el tiempo para ser vistas. Aún no siendo consideradas para nada, estábamos trabajando. Y en ese inter fue cuando conocí a mi mejor amiga. Entonces era como, ella tenía un proyecto de folk, que está ahí en perro y está ahí ella. Pero está muy cabrón porque era como de, 
conocía muy pocas, pero todo el tiempo estaba como buscando de, güey, ¿qué puede hacer? Y que abra alguien que, una morra, güey, así. Ahora ya no, antes era como de, güey, necesito. Y ahora es como de, ¿sabes? Ahora ya las elijo, o sea, sin ver, pues, o sea, y eso está bien chingón. O sea, ha avanzado muchísimo. La verdad, muchas morras dicen, no, no, o sea, claro que sí, güey. Ahora ya sé que existen todas ustedes. Y faltan un chingo de más, pero, pero se me hace bien cabrón que, que ahí vamos. No es algo, algo que tiene cientos de años, güey, tan así. La industria musical tiene súper poco, pues. O sea, no tiene ni 100 años sucediendo, pues. Como industria, tal cual. Pero... Algo que sí es ahora muy cañón es, de verdad, o sea, puedes ir checando. Si te pones a ver todas las bandas emergentes, independientes, la verdad que están haciendo cosas, vas a encontrar muchísimas mujeres haciendo cosas. ¿Por qué no las escoges? ¿O por qué siempre nos tienen que invitar a salir para escogernos? Eso es lo que está cool. Que eso es algo que no pasa en los vatos. Y, y está, o sea, está chido. Que ahora ya no, o sea, ya hay muchísimas morras y ya, así, en in your face. Eh, si no las quieres ver, es tu problema. <risa> ya sabes, ya es como de, ah, we're dealing with something like, más cabrón. Ok, muchas gracias. Eh. Al contrario. Y no más que ya saben, yo vengo de la Ciudad de México también. Yo no sabía que venías pan, ¿no? A mí me gustaría probarlo porque pan es como la Ciudad de México aquí, no te encuentras. Ah, entonces voy a venir a hacer mi, eh, mi panadería en Chicago. No, Maybe I can be a millionaire and I can turn like a lot. Nos hace falta. Sí, sí. sí. Muchas gracias. Yo sí es cierto. Next, we got the opportunity to talk to Es Chicano and Lester Ray. Lester Ray, I had the opportunity to interview a couple years ago, but You know, I think the gem this year was really Es Chicano. And I think he plays into the Sierreño indie rap trap type of genre. And it, there's not really a label. You know, he said it himself in an interview and you'll you'll be able to listen to that. But he he's kind of everywhere, you know, and that's a great thing. Can compose and you know, bond with multiple artists from different genres, you know, including Lester Ray. Uh, and S. Chicano is actually a Chicago native, and he said he has, what, over like 500 collabs, I think. Yeah, he he said that he couldn't even name all of the, all of the artists that he has collabed with. It's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. And the amount of unreleased songs, it's just wild. And his... He took his whole crew to the press tent. I thought it was, you know, just him and Lester. I heard them, you know, playing some cumbias. I was dancing at the Yolo tent because I heard them from a distance. But once they got to the press tent, it was the whole crew. But we got the great opportunity to kind of get a more intimate setting with them, just as Chicano and Lester Ray. And honestly, that was also such a great interview. Like, cool people. Don't beat around the bush. And it felt just like a natural conversation, you know? Yeah, he, he was really open to every question that we ask. And he like, I like the fact that he just answered right away. Because I feel like 
these are questions that we're just waiting for him to get answered by him. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, so let's listen to what Eschicano and Lester Ray had to say to us. I guess first off, in realidad, no creo que hay like un género que diga aquí está es chicano. Obviamente, there's a lot of influences. Like you grew up in Chicago, we have everything. Like we have a rock scene, we have house music, like R&B, everything. So, like your biggest influence, de dónde vino? Like de qué tipo de música vino? Bueno, look, check it out. My biggest influences are the Beatles, Bad Bunny, and Kanye West. <laughs> and that's a very big uh, variety right there, right? But basically, I learned how to play music when I was 10 years old, and I learned how to play based off of the music of the Beatles. I taught myself every single Beatles song, so to this day, I know every single Beatles song. I have John Lennon tattooed on my arm. That's one of my biggest influences. Bad Bunny influenced me to make music in Spanish a couple years ago, you know, when it started popping off. Before that, I was like, you know, I, I always loved Spanish music, and I grew up listening to Juanes, Camila, Rake, Caifanes, Rock en Español. But I was like, yo, I'm gonna start making music in Spanish, you know, that was around 2016. And then as far as my production, Kanye West has been one of my biggest influences. So those are three of my artist influences, but as far as personal influences, Chicago sound. Look, I was born and raised in Chicago in Logan Square, where in Logan Square, you know, we have so many different uh, little neighborhoods around us, everything from Mexican to like Wicker Park, which is nice and trendy and hipster or whatever, right? But I grew up listening to everything from, I would go to the grocery store and listen to Corridos and Banda out of the intercoms. Then I'd go buy records at Reckless Records and listen to indie rock. Then I come home and listen to the Beatles. All that together has influenced who I became. So when I make music, I want to have a little bit of everything for everybody. You don't like corridos? I got some rock. You don't like rock? I got cumbia. You don't like cumbia? I got uh, reggaeton. You know, I have a little bit of everything for everyone. So those are some of my influences. Yeah, I, I heard the cumbia earlier. Sound, was sounded great. Um, you know, like you said, obviously Chicago has everything. So how did the collaboration or the working with Lester Ray come as you know his music is also a little bit of everything kind of everywhere um, with a little reggae a little you know Latin so how did you guys end up working together um, so I'll give a short story of that and then I'll have Lester tell you his story but I've been following Lester since like 2018 and I used to look up to Lester when I was just recording demos out of my mom's house I used to look up to Lester like, wow, that guy's really accomplished. Like, I would like to, like, eventually get on his level one day, right? And fast forward a couple years later, you know, we actually really bonded over fixing his uh, hand-me-down cargo van that his dad gave him. So, so his dad gave him a cargo van, and me and him started fixing it. We decorated it, and the plan was that we were going to go on tour with it. That never happened. The, the truck broke down a couple weeks later, but... Long story short, we became really good friends, and he met his fiance and baby mama now, and like, hey! That was one of my friends. I introduced them, so that was beautiful. We did like a pandemic uh, hangout sesh at a parking lot um, at Pilsen Vintage, and uh, he invited some friends, 
um, his car was the the speaker. So like we like just blasted music on a, on a shuffle out of his car. We opened the doors and everything. Yeah, and then when I saw when I saw my fiance come through the door, I was like, Ooh. you knew. Yeah, that's the rest is history from there. Was it love at first sight? Love at first sight, huh? I definitely loved what I saw. Uh, <laughs> I think it was love. But, at, I think I was love at first sight for me because they they just clicked. Yeah, because, I knew I was like, oh. Because she and I were like not trying to like get in a relationship. We were both like, ah, oh, we don't want a relationship, da, 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 da. But we kept hanging out like every day. And then we're like, this is kind of turning into that. And that's exactly what He's asked her to marry me. We have a baby and all that. So like, yeah. I, I am Tio Chicano. Sin querer queriendo se dio. You're working with Lester Ray. Have a song with Código Verde. What's next? Low key, I have a song with every local artist that has been on Ruido Fest, that is doing anything. We have a song in the vault. I have over 800 unreleased songs with so many local artists, with uh, you know international artists. I ha I've been working with people from Mexico, people from Venezuela. So as far as the local artist scene, it's awesome. I have a song with Código Verde called ALV, or for the older people, I say Algo Lindo Vendrá. But, uh, but uh, me and Lester have some really, really good songs that we've been holding on to for a little bit, but I think it's time to let the, the cat out of the bag, so. Dale, dale, I'm here. I'm always like here for the ride. Danny is a good friend of mine. I know him since we were like, 14, 13, maybe? Yeah, Danny? Yeah, yeah, I call him El Dab, so I was... I forget, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. Danny's a homie. Yeah, I know him since before he even joined the band. Like, he was barely picking up the guitar, you know, like, desde chiquitos, and I was like, yo siempre, I was like, whatever you want to do. And he's teaching, and he's playing Ruido tomorrow. Oh, we're going to be here. We're going to be here with, with Danny and Código Verde. It's going to be fun. I look, he got some songs with Código Verde too. I got songs with Chu, Código Verde, with Danny. Yeah, it, it's fun. We, we stay creating in Chicago. You got to. You got to. Especially in the winter, when the snow comes, like, that's when you buckle down and you, like, plan the summer. Lester, Lester is one of my homies, somebody that I look up to, the way he organizes. He's helped me go from just a creative maniac to, you know, an organized artist. And, you know, he's, he's showed me a lot. So he's definitely somebody that I look up to and that I admire and that I appreciate very much. So would you be able to pinpoint and put your music under one genre? Yeah. Chicano music. What does Chicano mean? Chicano is a term to identify Mexican-Americans. What does Mexican-American mean? It means so many things, you know? My parents came here from Mexico City in the 90s. They brought with them their taste for rock en español. They love Caifanes, Maná, Nanitos Verdes, right? Uh, but their parents love Jose Jose, Camilo Sesto, all that stuff. So, yeah, so all that has inspired who I became. I got here. My uncle, like I was born <laughs> when I was little, and my <laughs> my uncle loved Kiss, Credence, Rolling Stones. So I grew up with this crazy buffet of sounds that have inspired inspired who I am today. So honestly, the best way to label what I am is 
Chicano, and the best way to label my music is Chicano music, because that means Mexican-American music. Um, a little bit of a combination of all my influences. So I just make good music. You want a, you want a term for my music? Good music. So as you listen, that was Es Chicano Lester Ray. Remember to look up all the artists that we're talking about. I promise you won't regret it. Next up, this is a person we did not get to interview because you might recognize her name. Yeah. Pretty famous. Um, Carla Morrison. She is a Mexican indie pop singer and composer. And I had listened to a couple of her songs before. Not really in depth. You know, never really took I guess like I was never really that drawn to her of like oh my gosh I'm gonna go see her live but obviously we were there so I stayed for her performance Brian I don't know if you stayed yeah I actually stayed for like the few uh for the few first songs but I, I just left because I was a bit tired but I hear that some interesting things happened during her set yeah a couple interesting things happened so two couples actually got engaged during her set And that, to me, was just crazy. I think it's even crazier because next up, you'll be able to listen to the audio of the first engagement. It was coincidence. I was listening to her, and I I just thought, you know, let me test my mic. Let me get some audio for the show. I start recording, and surprisingly, I caught the first engagement, and it gave me goosebumps. And we're going to put it here for you guys. So hopefully you're able to feel all the love and excitement through the audio of the engagement. We're back and just a thing take note guys because this could be you next time Carly Morrison comes and you might be able to do the same thing who knows <clears throat> anyways mm-hmm. let's uh, talk about the next artist uh, which is Los Fabulosos Cadillacs like, unfortunately once again we didn't have the chance to interview them but uh, I just gotta say that this was a this was a good opportunity for them to play because they actually canceled last year due to visa problems but it was nice that 
they were able to make it for sure this year and I heard that was the first time for Cindy seeing them I got to see them the first time they came but not this year though yeah it honestly was amazing it was so great a lot you know I think this real fest is really one for the books for me now that I'm thinking about it it I don't know it just was a great set the picture I got is actually now my home screen on my laptop because oh, it came out pretty nice um but I didn't expect for them to put on a show like that you know yeah especially for their age <laughs> as, yeah. as much as I yeah, for that, sure. yeah and um how, how was it did they play any good bangers at all Dude. It was so, if I'm not mistaken, they played El Matador, which yeah, oh, they had if, to, you know, yes, yeah, they yes, had to, absolutely. But I, I, and I know I had mentioned to Brian, I felt like my little heart was just so happy all weekend, finally surrounded by, you know, everything that I listened to all in one. And just being there for Los Fabulosos was the cherry on top. There was a little girl who was. I skanking the whole time on top of her dad's shoulders and it was so precious to see. Oh, that's awesome. I, I do remember the first time I saw them, they made they made an awesome show, show too as well. I actually was like all the way in the back because I was kind of tired. But I do I do recall seeing all the people just going crazy into the pit and just like enjoying the music. I was like, oh man, this guys this guys like are going hard. <laughs> Dude, yeah, no, speaking of, I was in the back too, but I'm not sure if people were jumping or in a pit, but I guess security got in, and oh, I don't know the guitarist's name, but after the song finished, I remember him telling the security, like, get out, and I thought something was going on, but he just said, get out, oh, man. the people are dancing, and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that's how you know they had a good time because they want they want just people to enjoy the music and I guess I mean there has been like incidents sometimes with people moshing, but as, as someone that that I used to mosh, I've seen that we're all just brothers in the mosh pit. If someone falls, everyone picks them up. So I don't know. That's that was pretty nice to them. I don't know about all that, Brian. I <laughs> I got a bruise once that lasted about a week from a pit, but oh, I man. I think they also said to like break the wall or something. So you know everyone was going crazy. You heard the whack. The yeah. girl next to me looked over at me and she's like, "Are you okay?" But oh, man. You heard it. The bruise stayed for about a week. It was you know, it, at the end of the day, it's an experience. Yeah, that's that's it's like I always say. That's that's how you know you had a good time. That's true. All right, and enough talking about Los Holos Cadillacs. Why don't we listen to one of their awesome songs? Yes, please. You are listening to What's Up on WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting from the computer of our homes once again. This just concluded the first half of our show. And for this first half, we talk about our experiences with the Friday and Saturday, where we got to interview a bunch of awesome artists, just like La Colocha, Mangers, Eschicano and Lester Ray. We also talk about 
our experiences watching the other uh, big names like Carla Morrison, Fabulosos Cadillacs. Also, we talk about Cynthia being her first time here and her experience, which is awesome. And now we're going to move on to Sunday with our first artist that we got to interact, which is Mila La Morena. And actually, our great friend Emmanuel had a chance to ask a question during the press talk, which they all talk about college and the rest of the band and also expressing themselves. And for those who don't know, Mila La Morena, it's a local Chicago artist. And we, and they also, obviously they had this, they had the chance to be part of Ritifest. So let's listen to it. My name is Emmanuel. I'm from Yolokali Youth Media of the National Museum of Mexican Art, Chicago represent. Um, so I just have one little question for y'all. Um, first of all, y'all killed that great job. Um, and as somebody that works with a lot of youth in the arts, um, especially black and brown, queer, you know, all around like different diversity from our city. Um, I find that a lot of them find it hard, especially with everything that's happened with the pandemic, um, hard to like find their sense of identity and inspiration and how to like bring their aspiration and art to life. Do you have any words of advice, any of y'all, for the next upcoming creatives in the city? If you really follow what you feel like moves you, like that, that will lead you in the direction that you need to go. And it's, and it's hard finding that because there's so many different places you find inspiration and so many people you talk to and it's like there's so many people you meet and then it's really just putting yourself out there and trying to like find people that inspire you and um you know uh things that inspire you and like life and like just living it uh really helps you find yourself and find what moves you and find like your own inspiration and what how you really are able to find music yourself you know um I don't know if that made sense, but yeah. Um, just to pay you back off that, I totally agree. But I find myself sometimes like getting in these weird things where I'm just like, okay, I feel like I'm doing nothing with my life, or I feel like nothing's happening, and then sometimes I just have to sit back, even if it's just like I go on YouTube and just scroll, 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 look at different videos, find inspiration. And just go off of that. Those little things just bring me back out of my shell and be able to create and do things like that is definitely so. I'm grateful for those moments where I'm just like kind of going through it because then it actually helps me see like, okay, like I need this is what I want to do. This is exactly what I need to be doing. So just like appreciating those as well as the good times for sure. I would say like. Art is meant to be like enjoyed and consumed. Like, don't be afraid. Don't sit on yourself. Like, like put it out there for people to see, to hear, consume. Because we need we need to hear the voices of the youth coming up. And like, um, you know, don't approach it competitively. Approach it collaboratively. Like, like we're all artists coming up together. We're here to support each other and to grow the scene, to grow the community, to share the love. Like, don't don't feel competitive with people. Like. Look for the ways to collaborate. And I think Chicago is so special in the way that we really do lift each other up. Like, I, someone, Doris just performed yesterday and she was like, Siempre siento apapachada de Chicago. And I'm like, literally, like, there's, I always feel like hugged and embraced and like culturally and just artistically too. Like, like, ah, 
I'll never feel like I'm not doing anything. Like, even if I'm only singing to like three people, if they come up to me after that, I'm like, ooh, that feeling is amazing. Like, I don't know, just connecting with people in that way. So um, surrounding myself with artists helps, I think, uh, boost my creativity when I'm feeling not creative. And then also, like Taylor was saying, like just consuming, consuming art. Um, even if I'm not making it myself, like I'm still like, it still feels like that, that part in my heart where I'm like, ooh, I love this. This is like something I'm so passionate about. And um, something I'm really learning this year is like, it's okay to not be good at things. Like while you're trying things, like if that's okay. Cause yeah. I am into so many different arts that I'm like and not let, good at. Let people see your growth. Like, like where you, if someone comes to your show and comes to your show a year later, they're gonna be like, I'm so glad I got to see you. Like you're amazing. Like you've come so far. And so don't be afraid to make mistakes in public. Let people see your growth. Chicago has a great local industry. Go to shows. Go to local shows. Like, you know, meet people. Talk to people. That's like Chicago is a great local industry to come up and meet people and and connect. And, like, connect not only just, like, on a personal level, on a musical level, on an artistic level. It is such a great local scene here. So it's, it's something to take advantage of, you know. Cabrón que nunca me hables así. Nunca me hables. Cabrón que nunca pienses en mí. Nunca pienses. So that was Mila La Morena and the response to Emmanuel, which honestly, it was a great question. I would have never thought about it. Another big name that we saw this year in Ruido Fest, you know, and it might just be because I'm. A little young, not that young. They hadn't heard of before. Also, maybe my mom doesn't listen to her, but many of you might know, might not know. Maybe your mom plays her music. Who knows? But that's Eli Guerra. Apparently, you know, according to everyone and yeah. I think Google as well, Eli Guerra has been in the music industry for about 30 years. That's that's three decades. That's three decades, guys. That's a very long time, okay? And she's also one of the main women that has paved the way for women in the music industry today, which I didn't know she was that much of a big deal. Like we were in the press time and they said Eli Guerra and everyone got up. I know, I, I think Brian, you were as shocked as I was, but we were yeah. kind of like, ¿Quién es esta? Like who is coming? Why is everyone so excited about Eli Guerra? And I remember Stephanie freaking out. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I feel like everyone, obviously, like, a couple more years older than us, were pretty excited for Eliguerra. Even when she walked in, honestly, I thought she was also pressed. You know, she was dressed very nice, very professional, with some high heels. I thought she was just someone with press or someone part of Eliguerra's team. I don't know. I just didn't expect her to come in like that. Obviously, like, she carries herself really well. I saw pictures of her and she looks very different than she did kind of back in the day. I, if I'm not mistaken, she kind of also started with a little bit of rock mm -hmm. and she's done a lot in the music industry that I honestly had no clue about. Uh, we were able to stay obviously for her whole talk with the press and it was a great every. It was a great interview and everyone had really good questions. 
So let's listen to what Eli Guerra had to say to us. Has hablado mucho de tu carrera y obviamente los años que has tenido en esta industria. Este, si tuvieras algún superpoder dentro de la industria musical, ¿qué es lo que tú cambiarías para el beneficio de las mujeres y las nuevas generaciones? Bueno, no quiero sonar para nada arrogante ni estúpida, pero creo que ya lo hemos cambiado. O sea, justamente creo que lo que a mí me correspondió hacer cuando era muy chica fue ser muy fuerte y luchar justamente para que todo lo que está ocurriendo ahorita en un escenario femenino eh, estu estuviese, esté pasando. Eh, no cambiaría nada de mi carrera, no haría cambios en este momento para entonces continuar vigente. Si yo tuviera un superpoder, creo que literalmente eh, lo que cambiaría, y lo dije hace un momento, es, son cuestiones que para mí están los valores a la inversa. A los músicos les pediría que siguieran siendo artistas, no publicistas de su música. Eh, cambiaría un poco eh, la manera en la que se distribuye la música digitalmente. Eh, creo yo que las aplicaciones, es increíble tener aplicaciones donde poder escuchar música de manera mucho más rápida, contundente, pero eh, también estamos a, a originando que a la música se le elija por los 20 primeros segundos de una canción no me capturó, esos 20 primeros segundos no me capturaron, entonces no los, no los deseo y los desecho. La industria ahora lo que hace es que un músico tenga que hacer, no sé, 30 canciones eh, una tras otra y no creo que el músico que realmente está entregado a su arte tenga esa facultad de escribir canciones una tras otra que signifiquen algo en su carrera. Hay muchas cosas con las que no estoy de acuerdo, pero que también me gusta ver el proceso y la facilidad, porque hoy un músico puede registrarse en una plataforma eh, para subir su música y que se escuche de manera inmediata, algo que no ocurría antes. Yo forzosamente tuve que firmar contratos disqueros, hoy no. Si tuviera un superpoder, diría que sería tener el dinero necesario para, para hacer que fluyera la música de una manera menos, menos eh, complicada eh, y no lo he tenido porque no me ha gustado tampoco entrar en juegos sexuales, no me ha gustado tampoco entrar en juegos de que me intimidaran para tener que alcanzar lugares favorables, entonces si tuviera un superpoder sería cambiar la mentalidad de una industria que ha apoyado eh, su sus ganas de hacer arte en, 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 la, en la lana, cambiaría un poquito, invertiría las, las, los valores eh, morales de nuestra industria. And that was Eli Guerra for you guys. Uh, once again, we were shocked by her presence. We didn't know she was that big. I remember Stephanie telling me that she was bigger than Julieta Venegas, which got me thrilled because I I really never heard of Eliguerra. And I feel like everyone knows Julieta. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know, I just, I just, I don't know, I guess I could say that I had the honor to at least see her in person even though I didn't, didn't know who she was. For sure, I got home, I was like, ma, ma, ¿sabes quién es Eliguerra? And she was like, ¿qué? <laughs> I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> But I'll, I'll be telling all my tías tomorrow, you know? 
yeah, show exactly. off a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm gonna do actually the same thing. I'm gonna tell my tios like I got to see Aliguerra. Don't know who that is. Really didn't know who that was, but I got to see her. <laughs> After Eliguerra, we also had the chance to interview the awesome George Arthur Callender. Um, actually, uh, this time Cindy and I both we got the chance to ask him a few questions. And for you, for you guys who don't know who he is, George Arthur Callender is a Chicago musician who describes himself as a creator or some of the most suave and velvety narco synth pop soul funk north of Tijuana. Yeah. Right, that was a big tongue twister. That, that's a lot to claim. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, he's he was such a great guy. And we before we got to interview him, we had, we had to check him out and realize that his style had some of like psychedelic spanglish tunes to it his artwork was amazing his videos were trippy and he also included some stuff like that nothing's in rock and he was from guadalajara yeah i believe he's from guadalajara and you know obviously like you mentioned he's a chicago artist so moved to chicago at some point and going back to the artwork Again, if you haven't checked out the artists that we're mentioning, please do so. They're great. He also mentioned that most of his videos are shot on an iPhone. And that really, really shocked me. Yeah. I don't know. I know, you know, we all see the famous Apple commercials. Love Apple. But for him to say that most of his videos are shot on an iPhone, that was just mind-blowing to me. Yeah, but that also proves that he had no barriers at all. He didn't care about expensive equipment. And he was just like, you know what? I'll just start, shut up with my iPhone. And guess what? All his material looks awesome either way. Yeah. And such a down to earth person like Elise Paprika just got comfy on the couch and was so willing to talk to us. Yeah. He was such an awesome person. But enough of talking about him. And let's just listen to what he had to say. Super chida y 
era como like white people doing like a little bit of funk, you know, like low key funk. Y yo decía como de, órale. Y luego así como emboné y de ahí como agarré otra vez la, la vibra funky. Porque estaba más como en el blusecillo jazz antes, mi primer disco, mi, mis primeros dos discos. Y, y, ajá, y ahora sí, pues soy como, me encantan los sintetizadores y... Tengo varios, pero también me gusta estar siempre en la computadora, pa, 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 ¿sabes? O sea, y ajá, música, todo el día. Ok, sabiendo que tienes sintetizadores y todos estos instrumentos, ¿cuál es la parte más divertida de no solo coleccionar instrumentos, pero también de tocarlos? Pues yo creo que la parte más divertida es cuando encuentras el sonido que no sabes que querías, ¿sabes? O sea, y que ese sonido te ayuda a crear una melodía que no sabía que ibas a existir, no sabes que iba a existir, ¿sabes? O sea, eso se me hace como de... Y no sabes si es como que, que, que fue primero, el huevo o la gallina. ¿Qué fue primero? La idea, el cinte, etcétera, ¿no? Entonces eso, eso es lo que a mí me gusta, ¿no? O sea, como eso es lo fan, así como lo encuentro muy divertido y que eso es como el everyday como search, you know, like your sonic identity. También me di cuenta mucho de tus uh, los album covers, mm -hmm. son muy interesantes también y también me dio mucha curiosidad igual que los videos y quisiera saber quién viene con los diseños y o cuando escoges los diseños cuál decides cuál es el que quieres para Wow, este, pues sí, la verdad a mí se me hace bien cabrón la ilustración y la pintura, es algo que yo jamás pude hacer, so, es algo que sí me apasiona y le tengo mucho respeto y cada portada ha sido un trabajo diferente de los album covers y de los single covers too eh, hay veces que tengo una idea, hay veces que es como you do it y siempre trabajo con gente que yo admiro y que son cercanos a mí uh, y sí, a veces es prueba y error, a veces right away like the last single soccer, which is a soccer pop y la que lo hizo es la novia del baterista y she's an amazing like, like, uh, graphic artist y le dije, quiero algo como lo que tú haces, tipo espacial y así como super neon colors y con just a soccer, a soccer pop, you ¿no? Know? Y lo hizo y fue como de wow, ¿no? Eh, el de lente oscuro también, esa es, esa, uno de los mejores amigos lo hizo y también así de repente nomás salió este como universo onírico de verdes neón y palmeras que dije, wow, está chido, ¿no? Como más tipo vaporwave, ¿no? Entonces siempre es como... Hay veces que a mí no me gusta pensar las cosas porque siento que cada quien tiene que hacer lo que quiera y si yo empiezo, si me preguntan, ¿pero qué quieres tú? Ya, vaya madre, ya es mi idea. Y ya es como, y si no lo haces como yo quiero, no, no me va a gustar. Entonces, pero sí me gusta decir, no, es que tú tienes que hacerlo y... So unless it's like very bad, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna like it, you know? Pero si alguien lo hace de corazón algo, es como de, yeah, it's like, please, thank you. So that's like, yeah, the connection. También coleccionas vinyl, ¿verdad? Y tocas. ¿Qué es lo más divertido de ahora ser, pues, un coleccionista? Pues, no me considero coleccionista, pero es un hobby que, que empecé mucho en el COVID, la verdad, porque sí, desgraciadamente, tú sube los que tuve unemployment y sí fue como, wow, todo este dinero y sí, yo sí, la verdad, sí me la pasé bastante en paz en el COVID y no preocupado. Y dije, bueno, pues hay que, siempre quiero comprar muchos viniles. Entonces empecé a comprar. Y la verdad, a mí, o sea, hay, hay de diferentes formas, ¿no? Hay una que ya tú sabes lo que quieres comprar, pero a mí me encanta ir y gastarme 50 dólares de un dólar, ¿sabes? 
y llego a mi casa y los empiezo a escuchar y es como de, güey, güey, hay que tocar, hay que hacer una fiesta mejor. Y invitamos a gente y hay que hacer una party en la casa y no sé, tengo ahí mis decks y ajá. Y a mí me gusta mucho el disco, eso es como que más, no sé por qué, los viniles para mí es disco y obviamente Afrobeats, pero para mí el disco, eso es lo que puedo decir que colecciono y lo que toco normalmente cuando, soy a, cuando pongo viniles. Ahora estoy tratando de hacer un poco más grupero y banda y cumbia, pero es difícil aquí en Chicago porque no hay tanto material, ¿sabes? Yo crecí escuchando a mi mamá cuando iba a lavar abajo en nuestro basement, siempre, siempre, siempre ponía sus viniles hasta que se rompió la máquina, pero crecí escuchando como a José, José este, ¿cómo se llama? Angélica María, así en, en vinyl. Lucerito. Ajá, todo, todo. O sea, mis papás son de los sesentas. Este, dijiste que like, en esta escena es difícil encontrar lo que estás buscando. ¿Cuál vinyl dirías que es que está en tu lista de like hard to find? Que lo quieres encontrar, pero no ah, puedes. Ajá, difícil. Okay. Wow. Ahorita, y es una canción muy, muy, muy famosa, y de hecho la toqué hoy, la coverie, la de Ramito de Violetas, de mi banda El Mexicano. Esa no, me, no la he podido encontrar ni en, ni en eBay, ¿sabes? O sea, como el single. Y eso es, ajá, y, y siento que en México tengo que ir yo a buscarlo, porque un amigo está aquí de visita y me acaba de traer unos viniles, y trajo joyitas, pero fue como de, oh, y, y me dijo, vi esa canción, no sabía que te gustaba tanto, y yo así de, no. Pero, ajá, es que siento que, no sé, por ejemplo, hay veces que voy al record store y voy poniendo un disco, y lo youtubeo rápido, ver la canción y me gusta, ok, lo compro, papá. Y, o sea, me gustaría tener como ciertas canciones, definitivamente, pero también espero que lleguen solitas, ¿sabes? Como dice mi mamá, si no te toca, ni aunque te pongas, ¿sabes? Oye, muchas gracias, ahora gracias sí. Gracias a ustedes, la verdad, chido, y nos estamos viendo y disfrutando del ruido best. So that was George Arthur Calendar for you guys. Like we said, great guy, amazing person. Another person who comes from Mexican roots, Latin American roots, you know, and that's what Rudolfes is all about. And it's such an empowering thing to see, both as an individual and to be able to experience, you know, with your team in press. So Obviously, Ruido was filled of many firsts for me. One of those firsts was also a rap in Spanish. We got to see, by we, I mean, Charlie Bryan and I got to see Longshot live, obviously. And it was not what I expected at all. But not only that, I did not expect to like his performance and himself as an artist you know I think the coolest part is we got to interview Longshot but from my understanding you interviewed him before right Brian yeah I got to interview him I think it was the first year that we did Riddle and I still remember what a great interview that was he was full of energy uh he answered to all of our questions we that was the first time I heard of him actually And uh, it was myself and Jennifer, this other girl that, that used to go to Yellow with us. And 
honestly this or the new interview did not disappoint at all because he just he just had the same energy that he had last time and well he was the ener- the interaction was a, a few pounds more than last time and he even mentioned it but you know I mean, happens. it came from him so yeah that's what matters but just like a lot of other people long shots also from mexico with the genres that he does mainly being alternative indie kind of you know rock and espanol latin urbano hip-hop rap he also did a jingle for the vlog yum yum estravaganza um and he mentioned during during his set that he's usually not the only one on stage which i was shocked about and i didn't know again my first time seeing him uh, uh, i it's like well, i actually didn't know either even though it wasn't my first time and, and like you said his personality is very different just very vibrant and ready to go ready to do but also he has a sense of seriousness mm-hmm. and yeah. speaking of very serious topics if you haven't listened to some of his songs some are about really serious things but obviously he also manages to crack jokes at the same time and i know i had mentioned to charlie i don't know if that's just his personality or obviously like with like he hangs around with comedians you know he's friends with a lot of comedians in mexico so i don't know if it's that as well but great personality and something that i thought when i first saw his name if you guys don't know it's lng dash SHT. I thought it stood for something else, but you know. And he even mentioned it. <laughs> oh yeah, thank God he cleared up the confusion and very verified that his name is said long shot. So, with this being my first time and this being a second time for Brian, let's listen to the awesome interview that we had with Long Shot. Yo soy Longshot y quiero introducirme a ustedes como un supositorio, así que aquí estamos. Yo soy Longshot, el supositorio favorito de Chicago. Pues en primera creo que rapeo menos cero que hace siete años. En segunda no me da vergüenza decir que estoy más gordo que hace siete años. En tercera creo que el show de hoy fue espectacular, güey. Me dio gusto que un chingo de gente vino. La verdad es que pues uno Todos que crecimos siendo el último güey que escogían en el fucho, tenemos baja autoestima y siempre creemos que nadie va a venir a nuestra fiesta de cumpleaños. Por fiesta de cumpleaños me refiero a nuestros shows y se dejó caer un gran bandón, así que enhorabuena por los invitados de hoy. Cuando es un jingle te dan una temática y, y últimamente me gusta creer que confían en tu voz, confían en tu talento, en tu... Ni siquiera hay que decir talento, confían en tu estilo. Eh, con Ricardo es muy fácil porque es mi compa. Entonces, y yo soy fan de su trabajo y él... No me gusta decir que él es fan de mi trabajo porque no sé si sea fan, pero sé que le gusta. Entonces, este... Pues como que él me dijo, quiero algo así. Y me acuerdo que me mostró el intro de esta serie que se llama Workaholics. Me dijo, quiero algo parecido a eso. Y dije, ah, va, ok. Y escribí una madre como de un minuto y me dice, no, güey, son 15 segundos. Y yo, vete a la p***, güey, ¿qué va a ser 15 segundos? ¡Hey, soy 
pinche dan, dan, sí. Y pues literal son cuatro líneas la pinche canción. Y gracias a eso hemos llegado a mucha gente. Así que bueno, muchas gracias, Ricardo. Gracias. Bueno, hay, hay muchas muy tristes, güey. No sé si la marcha de los tristes sea divertida. como la marcha de los tristes que tratan del suicidio eh, hay muchas canciones de depresión en mi trabajo hasta alguien se burló de una que soltamos ayer que decía ah otra canción triste de Longshot qué sorpresa y yo bueno verga tú crees que la depresión es moda o qué onda güey pero no sé güey supongo que cada vez es más difícil esquivar el hablar de lo que está pasando en el mundo hay veces que no me encanta hablar de temas ajenos a mi persona porque porque son temas que tienes que defender, son temas que tienes que estar bien informado porque siempre va a llegar alguien a refutar tu información y yo no me siento ni un activista ni una persona, digo, sé lo que pasa en el mundo, trato de leerlo, pero tampoco soy un defensor de la ley o, o una persona suficientemente educada que es irónico porque estudié leyes y aún así con todo eso no me siento, pues, no sé, güey. Creo que hay gente que le apasiona demasiado la política y a mí no me gustaría nada más escribir una canción diciendo que chingar el presidente, que chingar la policía. Si bien el sentimiento está ahí, creo que son temas que tienes que dedicarles tiempo y cabeza. Y por el estado actual del mundo, güey, creo que... Cada vez es más difícil no querer hacer esos temas. La verdad es que no me está yendo a la p*** bien, cabrón. Si pudieras necesitar a un hip hopero, un rapero para hacer una colaboración contigo, ¿quién sería? Si pudiera resucitar a un rapero, un hip hopero para hacer una canción juntos, resucitaría a Joe Stromer de The Clash. <risa> que no es rapero, pero yo creo que es mi músico favorito muerto. Este... mames al grave carnal, al chile el grave de Aguascalientes que vivía aquí en Chicago era un güey que yo admiraba mucho que tenía buena relación con él por mensaje y, y no sé güey, o sea hay raperos como Big Pun que soy súper fan de su trabajo pero al final del día no tengo nada en común con ese güey ni nada por el estilo entonces como que decir yo que voy a hacer una garrola con ese güey al final del día el grave era un güey que conocía y que me caía muy bien y que teníamos muy buen rollo y que el güey siempre me tiraba como comentarios bien amigables güey, la neta o sea, ni siquiera sé si el güey topaba mi jale, pero era un güey que yo respetaba mucho y que me gustaba mucho su trabajo y me gustaría haber, haber podido ver que sacara más música. Y por último, si pudieras armar un festival, el propio festival, no sería tu line-up, pero pues que tenga lista. ¿Pero qué qué? Pero que tenga lista. Ay, hijos de la puta. Pues de mi headliner, o sea, como que ya me voy a morir, güey, es mi último concierto en la vida, güey. Quiero que, quiero que toque Rancid, quiero que toque Joaquín Sabina, quiero que Manuchao regrese a México, que toquen los Specials, pero que Jerry Dahmer regrese al piano, quiero que estén los Cadillacs de nuevo, pero tocando completo el Rey Azúcar, eh, quiero que venga Promo desde Suecia, quiero que Belafonte Sensacional en la Ciudad de México toque, que abran los hipogrifos, que obviamente yo toque, güey, porque es mi último festival antes de morirme, quiero estar ahí, güey, tirando las barras, güey. 
¿Quién más, güey? Este... Estoy viendo mucho liso. La chica esta, liso. Estoy viendo un vergo eso, güey, la neta. Ah, sería un gran show, güey, la neta. Y ya, pues eso va a ser nada más un escenario, porque no puedo ir a los dos escenarios. Entonces que sean las dos los demás. Wey. The Interrupters. Estoy obsesionado con The Interrupters ahorita. Wey. Estoy yendo demasiado ska ahora que me doy cuenta. Yo soy Longshot, los quiero mucho. So that was our interview with Longshot. As we mentioned, amazing person. And that sums up most of our weekend. As we've mentioned, a bunch of artists, a couple of big names, a couple of new names, a couple of DJs. You know, La Colocha, Maverick, Menders, Eschicano, Lester Ray, Carla Morrison, Los Fabulosos, um, Eli Guerra, you know, a lot of variety of genres as well. Yeah, that's one of the things that stood up, that stood up the most for me in this, during this year, is that there was a lot of new stuff that I didn't know about just stuff like uh, S Chicano and Lester Ray uh, I really don't listen to all the type of music but it was interesting to see them coming into a show where it was mostly rock and espanol uh, sure. ska and all that stuff and you know I'm not against it because it's it's a good opportunity for those bands to just like expand their horizons and for more people to listen to their music. Yeah, I feel the same. You know, Los Aptos is also one of those, like I said, the Sierreño Indie. Mm -hmm. And I think it also gives press an opportunity to learn about new bands, you know? Not only are people going and enjoying new music, fresh music, obviously live, which is cool, but all the different press that's coming from all over the country also get to experience genres that maybe they wouldn't listen to at home or they wouldn't cover if it's outside of what they're used to but that also gives press you know more in i wouldn't i don't know if it would be like information um more content It gives the press more content, you know, to take back to whatever media they're coming from. I personally, I don't know about you, Brian, this year's lineup was not my favorite, but I do plan to go back to Rilo Fest. No, yeah, like I mentioned before, uh, I was mostly just excited to see Madita, and of course I didn't get to see him because they canceled, and I didn't know majority of the names and the lineup this year but uh, i i don't know it's for me in my opinion i guess my i mean i guess my opinion doesn't matter because what is it's what people want to see if there's there's people that are excited to see them there's other that don't if you don't feel like seeing one artist and you don't have to but just like I guess it's just a matter of giving a chance for the people to, that want to join the show. And I know there's people that, even if they don't know the bands, they just go just to have fun. Um, you know, we're not completely away from this pandemic. There's still going on. 
but it's it's a nice thing for everyone else just to go out and have a good time and um yeah i wish there was more sh- artists that i knew of but once again it's it's not about me you know i i feel like i i just want i guess i would just want people and artists to have fun during a festival for sure you know something that was very different <clears throat> is i saw a lot of people staying back like the crowd was there obviously but you could also see people staying more behind the crowd and i'm not sure if it's because it's a festival or like you mentioned the pandemic but i myself stayed behind the whole crowd because i've noticed that since the pandemic i don't know if it's me getting a little claustrophobic or just being so used to having to stay six feet away from everyone yeah but i maintained myself behind the crowd and i actually don't mind it i can see the stage no one is in front of me taller than me um and we're all listening to the same thing at the end of the day we're all there to have fun and people took their kids which yeah. was so cool i saw a lot of parents with their kids like uh, in the luncha stand in the lucha libre stand which was so cute you know per usual yolo's there they have tattoos for kids and a whole bunch of things but that was something very new and really nice you know i came back and i told my mom honestly i feel like that's going to be me when i'm older probably drag my kids to the real fest but it's you know it's an inviting an environment i feel like everyone is nice i saw security everywhere i think a guy got kicked out because he threw a water bottle which you know go ahead do your job oh my but it seemed to me at least that there was security everywhere i don't know how that compares to other years that you've been there brian but it it seemed like there was both security everywhere and then not really security i don't know i feel like it was a mix of both i actually didn't i didn't i didn't really pay attention to that at all um but like i want to go back to what you said that you you stay like mostly behind in the crowd and all i gotta say is that i used to be the guy in the middle or trying to be all the way in the front but nowadays i just feel like being in the back not because of the pandemic and other stuff i just i think i'm just getting old <laughs> that's because i remember my parents whenever we would go to like the first riddle fest and they'll be all the way in the back just in the, on the show and i'll just be in the middle of a crowd just smashing but i think i just i don't know i just i think i just prefer being in the back and just enjoy the show sometimes too I, wait so you're telling me ruido is a family friendly event like your parents went with you oh yeah yeah uh, that's well, so cool yeah uh, the first the first years year oh at least the, the years that they will come they'll because i know these bands because of them they i grew up listening to the to those bands because they will listen to them and you know when uh, especially the second year that was my my favorite year for all of them all because there were so many awesome artists that i know and that they know and yeah it's like i remember they will bring my little brother too and like they will just hang out and uh 
and the grass all the way in the back just like eating eating some tacos just like drinking my 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 parents just drinking some drinks you know and it, it was yeah. nice man. but uh, yeah that, that's were not 20 dollars yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's a good point i will say that this is a family friendly festival and i we did see a lot of uh, parents bringing their kids I remember, I think it was during um, Longshot set that we were talking about seeing everyone from different age ranges, like mm-hmm. from the kids, obviously the kids didn't have a choice, <laughs> their parents took it. <laughs> but, you know, seeing people, my parents age, older, like, that's cool, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't go to many festivals, but that seemed unique and it's just the influence that your parents have or your environment your family your siblings you know the tios primos everyone you grow up with a certain influence of music and just like you know you and your brother getting not dragged but going with your parents to Rido Fest obviously you like that music now um I don't know about your brother but that also has a big influence on us and obviously you got to see those bands live you know like now on my spotify i have a lot of these artists menders for sure long shot mm-hmm. you know a, a lot of the new artists that we talked to i now have saved a couple of their songs and it's that exposure that ruido gives us both as the audience going but also as press because mm-hmm. from what i'm told the press experience at ruido fest is unique oh yeah and, definitely yeah i um, don't know if you've covered any f- other festivals um but that was definitely something that took me by surprise you know the, those one-on-ones i think especially after our one-on-one with mentors it was kind of like this is so different. This is really an experience to talk with the artists, to be there with them, to get to know them, you know? And I, not not to toot our own horn, but I would like to say that our team usually has really good questions and questions that we always get compliments of. You know, the artists yeah. seem to tell us all the time, like, that's actually a really good question. And that was also very unique so fingers crossed there's a better lineup in future years but and it's a festival that i definitely plan to yeah. return to and hopefully they all have their visa their visas by then so they can make it yes everyone needs to start applying for their visas like yesterday um michelada prices need to go down please yes <laughs> but uh Going back to what you said, uh, we try to make our questions different and unique because we every time we hear interviews with artists, you always hear the same thing, mostly the same things. And um, it's like there's nothing wrong about it, but I feel like it, it'll be nice to be unique and with what we ask to artists, which speaking of, it's, Speaking it's, of, yes, we, we have would a you like surprise. Yeah. Would you like to close out our recap with one of the most unique and important questions we got to ask this year? 
Yes, uh, this was a question that we thought of really uh, carefully. We had to be precise with how we say the question, and we wanted the opinion the opinion from all of the one on ones that we did, and we we told them you got to be serious about this. You got to be honest, otherwise it's, it's going to be people mad because this is a controversial question. Um, oh yeah, it's it's a big debate, and honestly, I I don't think they expected the seriousness of this question. Enough of suspense, and what we asked this artist was: Las quesadillas llevan queso, and also deep dish or thin crust. But I feel like the quesadillas question was way more important, and like we said, we had different answers from all of them. But they were unique, and this is one. This is what I mean by that we try to make unique questions for all these artists. Claro que sí, claro que sí. Las quesadillas llevan queso. Yo le conté a mi chica que es es aquí en los Estados Unidos y que dijo, wow, quesadillas sin queso doesn't make any sense. Quesadillas, cheese. <laughs> Chisadillas, ¿no? So, yo sí creo y sí conozco toda la teoría y todo, pero esto es un taco nomás, ¿sabes? O sea, es un taco, una quesadilla sin queso es un taco, ¿sabes? ¿Y por qué le dicen quesadilla? No sé. ¿no? Queso, llevan queso, se llaman quesadillas, quesadillas, queso. No mames, es obvio, güey, pinches chilangos. Sí, no forzosamente. No forzosamente. Oh, wow. Uh, sí, sí, sí. Las quesadillas sí llevan queso, pero uh, hay ciertas quesadillas que no pueden llevar queso y para ciertas personas siguen siendo quesadillas. <laughs> no, strong, no strong food opinions here. Um, all food is good. <laughs> and quesadillas, yeah, though, they have queso, you know? I would be called quesadillas. Nadadillas. Si no tiene nada, las nadadillas. Lester. Uh, I feel like the quesadilla question is like a, a trap. I don't know what. La quesadilla trae queso? Yeah, no sabía que la quesadilla trae queso. No, obvio que la quesadilla. No, no. Um, I like. I don't like deep dish too much either. Like, um, honestly, I think that I buy deep dish every time people from out of town come into town. And I always show them what the deep dish pizza is. Thin crust for me. Um, I, I'm a big fan of pizza. I love pizza. Uh, Tell them about the Alfredo base. Recently, I started. Ordering, <laughs> <laughs> recently, I started ordering this pizza that's like um, grilled chicken, spinach, cheese, and then the base is uh, Alfredo. No, no tomato sauce. No tomato sauce. No marinara sauce. It's all uh, Alfredo sauce. That's the base. It's man. I got hungry right now. Just so if you're it. lactose intolerant. <laughs> That's a cleanse. You will be cleansed the next day. Yeah. But it's amazing. So that, that doesn't sound bad at all. No, Alfredo base. Alfredo base. It's like mozzarella cheese. Like it just makes sense. And I thought about your question more. Quesadillas can have anything you want. It can have pollo. It can have chicken. It can have al pastor. It can have adobadas. If you go to Mexico, y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, you can have whatever you want in a quesadilla. But yeah, you need queso in a quesadilla. Thank you so much for listening to us. This was a pleasure. Yeah, not only my first result, first prize, but actually my first time working with Brian. And 
you know, round of applause, sound effect, insert, please. I think we did a great job this year. It was great. All the interviews. Yeah, of course. And well, with this being said, once again, thanks for listening. My name is Brian. My name is Cynthia. And don't you forget, you're listening to WLP and LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. This time broadcasting from the comfort of our homes. And we'll see you next year for the next Freedom Fest recap. Bye. Bye. And that's the conclusion of our program. Brought to you by the fine folks at... Oh, not you again. No. And y'all, who let her back in? <laughs> and that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed whatever it is you just heard, heartwarming interviews, tear-jerking stories, magnificent music, and the sound of our voices. Because God knows that this is the best content on the airwaves. Don't forget to follow YOLO on all their social medias at YOLO Kali. And you can find all our audio content on SoundCloud, MixCloud, and Apple Podcasts. We bougie like that. Well, that's it. Bye. See you next Saturday from 12 to 2 p.m. for another episode of What's Up? What's Up? What's up?